Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Here to Learn. I'm Matt Edwards, and I'm a math teacher at Millbrook High School in Raleigh, North Carolina. These are my conversations with people with interesting perspectives on topics in education today. In this episode, I speak to a current Millbrook High student named Austin. She has finished her junior year. She is part of our International Baccalaureate Program, a rigorous course of study that challenges students to be well-rounded in their perspectives as well as their learning process. She's a member of the varsity soccer team and plays very competitive soccer outside of school. This conversation is about where she is today in her learning journey and how the pressures and expectations affect her. I find her fascinating and quite articulate. I hope you enjoy our chat. size of their to-do list and time they put into that to-do list with somehow keeping their sanity and wits about them? Um, I'm not sure. I think, I think for like IB kids, like my friends and stuff, like some people, like people like me that get really stressed, it's, it's a thing where you got to figure out like how, how hard can you really push yourself until it's like, whoa, that's just too far beyond like okay that's too far beyond like not good Mm -hmm. you need to reel it back in um but there's also i have friends that like it just doesn't affect them in the same way right so they don't they don't worry about that kind of stuff but i definitely know just because of how women's soccer recruiting is and like i i don't know i don't think i can say for my friends like at millbrook um or even on my team, but, like, I don't, we don't talk that much, like, about individual recruiting experiences on my club team, but, like, I can't think of one of my friends that has been this invested in finding out where they're going to college from, like, the earliest point that I was. Like, the second I stepped foot into high school, it was, where am I going to college? Yeah. Which is intense. It is intense. And it's weird because, you know, I've been doing it for so long now, and then just, like, the past couple months it just like snowballed and it was like oh my gosh it's all happening right now with like within weeks it's like oh my gosh I'm too late you know Mm. which is so weird because you know you spend like three years figuring out what you want and then in the matter of like four or five days it could all be different well let's uh let's go back a little bit so you talked about how like pretty much since you got into high school that you've been thinking about all right the next stage is college what am I going to do where am I going to go um, how much would you say that that thinking and that I'm going to use the word stress if that's inappropriate jump in there mm-hmm. uh, how much has that affected you physically would you say like figuring out where I want to go yeah so set on my future um it's definitely been hard I think at the beginning of the process like my freshman sophomore year it was really fun and it was just like an exciting thing, especially my cousin and I, um, she plays softball, but she wasn't really looking to play in college. We went on like this big road trip to like look at all these colleges over my sophomore spring break. And that was exciting. And that's when I visited Bucknell for the first time. And my freshman and sophomore year, that was like, ooh, that's where I wanna go. Like that's what I'm gonna do kind of thing. And I was convinced, you know, like this is the dream school. This is what we want. And that was like an excitement thing and that summer I went to their camp and I had a great time and I loved the coach and all that so like there's excitement in it at at the beginning like that's for sure and it's not a totally horrible process all the time 
but you know sending those emails figuring out like putting yourself out there it's just really really hard especially and I, it's even worse now they just changed the rule for when coaches can talk to younger players it used to be um you just can't respond to like freshman sophomore but now it's like you can't respond to a junior until june 15th like after their junior year right um no sorry before their junior year i think i don't know anyway it's weird it's got they're just trying to slow everything down which that's is good crazy. i think that's a great thing oh for sure it's a great thing it's crazy how some schools recruit but um but like putting yourself out there knowing that you're not going to get a response is super hard like knowing that like i'm just going to send out these emails i'm going to introduce myself to a coach be like hey can you come to my game and then never know if they showed up never know if they even looked at your email like you just have no idea and like you get used to it once you start emailing a lot of schools but i was not the kind of player that was out here trying to email every school right um i mean the max i probably ever got up to was like 12 mm -hmm. just because i knew not every school was for me and i think that that saved me a little bit um but i was also the kind of person you know once i sent about two or three emails i got to the age where they could start responding to me and i wasn't getting any sort of response i was very quick to be like okay we gotta move on like don't get your hopes up right and i think for me that probably saved me a little bit of like heartache and stress but i think for other people where they're like no i am going here i don't care if you don't respond to me you know it works out for them and that's great but i just i couldn't do that to myself um, so like I stuck with the ones that I really wanted and I tried to do that like hard thing where it was like get it in tell them who you are make sure they see your name so much that they can't ignore you kind of thing um, and I mean it's hard it's definitely hard for me I think this may be like a generational thing too we don't email like that's just not a thing that like people my age do very often um, but because of that to me emails are really formal mm. Like, I, can, I can't send a casual email. If I'm going to, it's going to be a text. Right. Just because of right. the nature of right. it. So, emails to me, I knew if I was sitting down to write an email, it was a big deal. No matter what I was doing. If it was, like, for a job, like, talking to any adult, like, anything like that. But especially, like, recruiting. So, like, I had to set a time because I didn't want to do it. It's not mm -hmm. something I liked doing because, mm -hmm. you know, I would read the email 12 times before right. I sent it. <laughs> and all that. Right. And it got to the point where, like, I had to stop, like, asking people to read over it because it was just, it was too much. Like, it's like Austin at this point. You, you just need to be able to send your own emails kind of thing. But I would have to block out a time to sit down, beat out all of these emails, and it, it would be upwards of, like, 10 at a time, just, you know, keeping my coach updated, like, going to the college coach, just, like, everything I need to get done, had to get it done right then. And it would just be this, like, overload of, like, stress in that moment. But, like, once it was done, it felt great. I was like got all those mm -hmm. emails out were good but then it was just like it would come again because you know you got to write more so I don't know that part was hard for me for sure and that was I think I think that was hard for like my parents to understand yeah um because you know for them it's like oh it's just an email Austin like just go right just go right, write that email right, I do right. that every day but for me that was like I knew as soon as I opened my laptop and I was like typing them out and I had like mail open I was like it's real yeah <laughs> can't screw yeah. this up so I think that's so funny. I've gotten a couple of emails from uh, current soccer players at Millbrook recently, mm -hmm. and their emails are so incredibly formal. Yeah. I get so many like sirs, yeah. and and I was like, 
All right, man. Um, this is not like a paper you're turning in, but I, I, I think when, when I hear you say it, that's such an interesting thing. All right, I want to paint a little bit of a picture of who you are because we've talked a lot about soccer and soccer recruiting, and that's very much something that's right here in your life right now. Mm -hmm. um, but what's amazing to me is that you also have a huge other piece of your life, and that's your academic world. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk a little bit about you came to Millbrook, what kind of student were you? What kind of decisions were you starting to make um, along with this uh, soccer um, that you play at a pretty high level outside of school and then have been a varsity soccer player since you've been here as a freshman? So let's talk a little bit about yourself as an, as an academic student. Okay. So I actually went to a charter school for third through eighth grade. I went to Magellan Charter. And I think that made a huge impact on me as a student. Um, just the way that they focused. So I actually never had an elective at um, Magellan, which was a weird thing coming into Millbrook. But it made me realize how much that was infused into what we were doing. Like, you know, I realized like how many art projects I was doing in my history class. So I think that just made me a very like versatile, outside the box thinker from the beginning. And it also made me like crave like a challenge and to be challenged critically like I wanted to be thinking about things in a different way and really really understand things so my freshman year I of course tried to take the hardest classes I could um I think I had in every class that I could have an honors class I had an honors class at the time that we were not allowed to take APs I think they opened that up to them last year um but I think that's probably okay that I wasn't allowed to because I would have tried to agreed I would have tried to do too much but um yeah I really it was, it was a really weird transition for me. Um, I think where I had, because first with the 8 B day and just like all that, but just how different the academics were. Like there was such a focus in one class on one thing, which was weird to me because I was so used to like cross-curricular stuff happening all the time. Um, and I think that showed up a little bit more my sophomore year when I was taking APs because I think they try to fuse those together a little bit more. Like I'd be talking about stuff and apes and AP human geography like those would match up and that was cool um but yeah so I think I found strangely enough that one of my favorite um on opposite ends of the spectrum my favorite classes freshman year were like gym and latin oh, okay okay so why gym gym because it was a nice release I'm an athletic person so like being around, moving around, fitness stuff is really good for my brain. It just releases all that stress. Um, and it was something I didn't have in middle school because we didn't have gym or anything like that. And like, yeah, it was kind of a pain sometimes. And like, most people don't like gym. So like, they didn't want to be there. You know, you never want to be around people that don't want to be there. But um, I don't know. It was really fun for me. It was just a fun thing. And I was like, whoa, like I get to do this in school. Like, this Oh, is, I felt the same way. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't expecting it either. Like, I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. But at the end of the year, I was thinking, it was like, yeah, so, you know, like, Latin's, like, very methodical. Like, I love that my brain just clicks when I get something. I love the structure of it. I love the structure of the class, like, all that. And then it was, like, on the opposite end of the spectrum. I was like, I love the freedom and, like, the fun of gym, you know? So that was cool. Um, but I definitely worked very hard. I've never gotten a B, like, final grade ever in my life. Is that important to you? That is important to me. Why is that important to you? Um, when I was younger, I thought very much so that that was a reflection of how smart I was. Mm -hmm. I understand that's not how it is now. 
but because I like set that standard for myself at this point I think it's a show of how hard I work um I mean also how well I understand material because you know to an extent like you can only work so hard to like understand something before you might need help or like you just it's not for you which is fine but um it's important to me to maintain a standard that I've set for myself and just because I that was one that kind of came along it's one that I hope to maintain um and it's not the end of the world to me if I get a B like I understand that like if I did everything I could that's just how things work out and I'm not going to be like super upset with myself it's just how things go percentages are weird and how stuff is weighted and all that but it's it's just for me at this point it's a show of like how much effort I put into that class, how much effort I put into myself, like believing that I could get that done. Have you ever put in what you felt like was the right amount, the appropriate amount, the A-level amount of effort, and then not gotten the A out of it? I know you said not in, you never gotten an, not an A in a final grade, but what, you know, I'm talking papers, I'm talking right. projects. Um, 100%. Um, Sometimes that's just a matter of like what a teacher wants and what I think a teacher wants. Sometimes that's a matter of the structure of the class, if it doesn't suit me well. Um, sometimes it's just like, wow, Austin, that wasn't your thing. Like you did everything you could and you studied as much as you possibly could have handled. You know, you didn't wait till the last second to try to understand things like the whole time you were trying to figure it out. And sometimes, you know, like, you just don't get it and it happens and it's so frustrating so so frustrating when you say it's frustrating how does it you know let's dig into that a little bit what okay. what does it look like on you it's, are you are you a crabby person is it hard to be around you are you do you go back to the teacher and and question their rubric or their grading or do you do you go off by yourself and kind of sulk what it, what does it look like when you are disappointed in the result so I think I can remember a specific example um, for math because math is like you can't argue math. Math is just math. Oh, you'd be amazed. Yeah, I have students that tries. argue it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand that like there's just one answer there, so I don't I don't try to argue that. Um, those kind of things just make me feel really defeated. I remember there was like a, a grade recovery thing. So you know, it's like where it like replaces your lowest grade, and I needed a certain percentage on it to get an A for that like quarter or whatever and I had worked so hard I talked to my teacher I was like looking at old tests figuring out what I didn't know and I was going in and I felt good like it wasn't like I was sitting there and I was like like I don't know any of this like I felt good while I was taking it and it was one of those where it wasn't a scantron thing but it was like one of those instant results kind of thing and so she you know I'm sitting there I'm the only one in the classroom and she tells me she's like you didn't get it and I just felt like, gosh, I just probably like the blood just rushed out of my face. And I just felt like I could just like puddle on the floor. Mm. Like, it was just like, ugh, just gut punch. And that's like, that's one way that I usually react is like when I just feel like I've done absolutely everything I can and it still just wasn't quite enough, you know, that's probably like the most defeating. But then I've also had like papers and stuff where, or like a lab report or something where I'm like, no, like read this part again. And like, I like promise if you just read it again, you'll see what I'm saying. 
and they do and then it's like that feels good that's like i advocated for myself absolutely absolutely and i got the points that i thought i deserved and i also understand if i go back and i'm like this is how i see this this is why i believe you know i deserve those points and they're like well this is why i didn't give them to you and i understand their side i'm like okay that's fair we just have different opinions about it and you know they get the last say they're the teacher. right right and i'm okay with that i'm not going to keep keep going with it because that's not going to make anyone happy right um so I think I know my boundaries when to argue for it, but I'm definitely not one to just sit back and be like, think to myself, like, oh, you worked so hard for this and they're just screwing you over. They're not appreciating how much work you put in. Like, I'll have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when it's like the end all with like a test like that, like it wasn't pre-calc, you know, there was nothing I could do at that point. And so like, yeah, I was super bummed out for that afternoon. I was just kind of sad. But then... I think I probably saw a friend or I went to soccer practice or something like that. And I was like, you know what? Can't do anything about it now. You got next quarter, just try harder. And I think that's something as I've gotten older, I've gotten much better at doing. Do you have any fear that, um, that is in you about disappointing someone or disappointing yourself? I mean, I, I think you hold yourself to an incredibly high standard just from what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any fear that then, um, shows up at weird times I think probably I as far as like school and soccer go I think those are more personal standards that I hold it's definitely it's a family thing too um but I think even I hold myself to a higher standard than my parents do um I think because of that you know they'd be pretty much proud of me no matter what I did Mm -hmm. um but for there yeah mostly that's that's just a me standard but like with my friends like stuff like that like that there's definitely a disappointment there like letting my friends down like being too wrapped up in my own stuff that's going on to like not be there for them Mm -hmm. so that's i i worry about that a lot and sometimes that'll come up weird and they'll be like austin whoa whoa whoa, you're good Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we're all Mm -hmm. good i'm like no no you don't understand like i need to be here for you um but yeah for myself i think i think because I hold that personal standard and it may not be as obvious, especially to like kids my age. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll be weird when I like freak out about something I'm like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. Like we can't do that right now. We can do that right now. Or like, I'm just like, okay, me a second. Or another thing is like things that I think I need to handle myself that are like my issues to deal with. I don't necessarily talk about as much to my friends. And so when it's something I'm dealing with and I'm like really like not okay about it, they'll be like, whoa what's going on I'm like no no you weren't there the whole time you don't need to be there like this is not your thing and then they're like hurt by that and I'm like no no no. it's not about you this is me I just need it to stay in the bubble you know sometimes it pops and that's just a yeah a whole mess but yeah yeah I think I think sometimes it does come out in weird ways and it's just like a random like who Austin you good and I'm like no not really but I will be yeah yeah well um something that I want to talk to you a little bit about as well is um you know something that you kind of brought into my life as a coach and a teacher um that I've experienced with you a little bit and I hope I hope it's okay to talk about um is 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 a little bit about the anxiety that not just you have experienced in your life but some of your peers um it's it's something that teachers are being made more and more aware of um now I, I, I think in general we're more aware of it um I think 
when I was growing up, it was there. We just didn't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it was just the try harder. Just just try harder. Yeah. Just just deal with it. You'll be fine. Um, but I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, I've, I've been there with you when you've had a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so that's kind of the first part. I just kind of want you to talk a little bit about maybe where that comes from or what happens in those few moments where you feel like you you either had an attack or you felt it coming mm-hmm. um and then i want to talk a little bit about just kind of maybe some things that you that you maybe have experienced by being a friend mm-hmm. okay so um i guess i can start with like where it first showed up for me it was probably in middle school and it was probably one of the weirdest experiences of my life because i had no idea what was happening um and it was just it was just a lot of stuff like piled on and I couldn't even tell you what it is now because it mm-hmm. doesn't seem important anymore but you know it was just like whoa 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 like there's so much coming at me right now and I just kind of like curled up in a ball and everyone was like oh my gosh is she okay and I was like I don't I don't know I don't know um and I eventually caught my breath and it was fine but I was like very shaky like my hands had locked up in this weird position it was weird um so that was scary and after that it just like didn't really go away but it wasn't a constant thing for me either and I found lucky enough for me it isn't something that plagues me as much school-wise um I definitely get stressed but I'm better at handling it in school I think because I have time to like breathe and like take a second be like you're gonna be okay um but for sports it's definitely been a thing that's come up a lot just because I think one, I get a very, ooh, very emotionally attached and driven in a game, mm-hmm. um, or in practice, or just anything like that, just because the whole thing means so much to me. Like, I'm competitive, I care about my teammates a lot, I care about the score, but I also care about how we play. Like, there's just so many aspects that are happening all at once, and with soccer, it's a very high-speed game. I play in a position where there's just a lot of pressure because, you know, you're that last line of defense, and... I worry, even before um, what happened with Caroline, I've always been very worried about my keepers. You're talking about our, our uh, teammate that uh, that got injured earlier this yeah. year. So, but even before that, like before I've ever seen any sort of injury with a keeper, like I've been very protective just because of who I am. And so I would never want to leave them in a position where like they, not even like to get hurt, but like would have to completely throw themselves out there for a save or something like that. So there's pressure there. And then... I also have what we think is like exercise induced asthma. Mm-hmm. So if like I'm very emotionally driven on top of running around like a crazy person and just like not getting enough time to think or breathe or anything, um, I'll just like stop breathing or I'll start wheezing or something like that. And once it hits like a certain point, I can't stop it. Like there's no going back. Um, and so that'll be a thing, if, and it's it's a really hard thing to recover from. I think is the problem, right? For me, um, because you know otherwise it would just be like, breathe, start again, and you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have that emotional factor in there, it just like takes a whole nother round of like, you're gonna be okay, like that kind of thing. So I've had, so I have an inhaler now, which is sometimes helpful, um, but it also makes your heart beat really fast, which is not good right. for anxiety. Um, but yeah, so I've had to come off the field during games um, and just kind of sit there with like my head between my knees and like nobody really talked to me, just like need to like regain myself. And it's taken like 30 minutes 
before for me to try to figure right, out right. what's going on. Um, but there's also been times where, like, it happens and then I jump right back in and I'm okay. Like, I can play, but the problem is that emotional, like, instability doesn't leave. So even mm. if I'm starting to move better and, like, I don't feel bad anymore, like, physically, I'm okay. Like, emotionally, or even if I've, like, emotionally calmed down that like shakiness and that like instability that I feel like inside can so easily be triggered. Like I can remember one time at practice, I don't even remember, I think it was, I wanna say it was my sophomore year. And it was, I had just tried out for ECNL before mm -hmm. I had ever made the team. And you know, I knew my call was coming that day and I had no idea when it was coming and you know, stuff like that is just stressful. And I knew it wasn't gonna come while I was at practice, but it was just the thought of it being there. And I was exhausted because I probably hadn't slept the night before thinking about it and like stuff like that. all that plus a full day of school. Who knows what could have happened in that day? Like, and we were just doing a drill and it was one of those drills where it was like a high intensity transition game. And I would just like was running around in circles because I, in those games, I'm not the kind of person that will be like, oh, you know, I've been in every time like somebody else needs to mm -hmm. go. It was like. Oh gosh! Somebody needs to go. I'm on this. The I'm, went, I'm the one. Yeah, the ball went to the other side. I gotta get over. I gotta there. get over there. Yeah. So you know, I've been doing that a lot, um, and I just like felt it was like one of those like defeated moments. Like the ball just kept going around me because either like the second player wasn't coming in or I wasn't stepping at the right time because I was so in my own head, and it was just like whoa, 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 and then it just and I was on the ground, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, she's on the ground. What's going on? I was like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was one of those where like, yeah, I needed a second and I like sat on the side and I figured it out and I got water and everything and I came back and like, like emotionally I had calmed down. Like I felt much better. I was like, you're freaking out over nothing you can control right now. So just chill out mm -hmm. and practice. This mm -hmm. is what you love to do. Like, this is your release. Like, mm -hmm. don't take that away from yourself. Um, but like my hands were still shaking and <coughs> I still felt that like. My heart was still like oh, yeah. being oh, yeah. kind of weird. Like it was just a whole thing. So like we were playing that same game, and I was running around. I was like, mm, we just need to not play this game right, right now. <laughs> so I just waited, and then we did a, I think a possession game, and I was fine. But it was like it's one of those really weird things. Like even once I've like emotionally calmed down, if like someone comes up to me and like asks me like what's going on, like what's happening to me right now, or like I go to like play the game again or something like that it's just like it can trigger it so easily I'm like you're not even upset anymore why are you doing this to yourself right but yeah it's one of those weird things where like the emotional side of it and the physical side gets so connected that you like even if one is better like the other one can't quite like separate itself enough um let, let's go a little bit bigger picture here and let's uh let's talk a little bit about some of your uh your classmates or 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 friends or just people you've been around mm -hmm. um, one of the things that teachers would love to be able to do is to be able to look for a specific thing that says oh that person's suffering from anxiety mm -hmm. or uh, when this happens I need to do this and my little bit of experience and my big fear is that not only is it different for everybody but the person that the anxiety affects it's not like there's a ton of warning signs. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, some of the 
people you've been around and how it's kind of affected them and then maybe what 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 are some things that might help them i mean it sounds like you do a lot of just turning into yourself talking to yourself internal monologue calming yourself down running through kind of your checklist of things that matter and priorities um I don't know that a lot of people are as self-aware as you are. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about what you've experienced through other people and maybe some things that we can just kind of pinpoint that might have eased a moment. So for, I guess, advice I would give to like teachers in that situation or, or coaches, um, one is like you don't need to understand it like completely as they do. Like you don't need to know why it happens to them, I think, necessarily or even need to know what they're feeling in that moment to be able to be there for them. I think one thing that adults do is that like they feel the need to be like, I need to know exactly what's happening to them right now. I need to know everything they're thinking so that I can help them in like every way. But like they don't even know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really hard for another person to know what they're thinking. Um, I think just being understanding, at least it, it definitely is different for every person. For me, it's like an understanding that like, I need a second like I promise I'm gonna be fine but I just need a second um, and also uh, I had one coach he wasn't like coaching me at the time but was like a coach around um, didn't understand like had never seen someone have an anxiety attack before anything like that and he just like had a lot of questions and tried to make really light of it which in some cases was really good because you know like I don't need it to be that deep all the time like mm -hmm. it's okay like mm -hmm. to talk about it lightly but it definitely didn't make me feel better. And he was like, oh, so you just, like, can't breathe? Like, maybe you should try to do that better. And I was like, mm. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to do mm. right now. So definitely, like, one, don't make, for me, because I value, like, my strength. Like, I may be different for other people, but I don't think anybody wants to be told that, like, they're weak. Or, like, this makes them weak. Or you should just do this better. Right. Right, um, like they didn't already know that. Right, like I definitely, I definitely try to breathe like a normal human. Like that's my goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, and then, I think, I guess, just be really open about it. I think if students know that it's like okay to be a little freaked out or like have their moment around an adult. I'm not going to say, like, it'll happen more often because you don't control when it happens, but, like, they'll be less freaked out about it when it's happening. They'll be like, oh, there's people around here that, like, care about me and support me, so, like, I'm going to be okay. Right. So, like, feeling that support without, like, necessarily, like, actually feeling, like, someone's hand on your back or, like, something like that. Um, I really, I'm not the one to say how you can try to figure out who is and who isn't affected. I think one because everyone's affected in their own way but some people are very they're very quiet about it right um and if it just never comes up when you're around you'll never know right as far as my friends go um i see a lot of them they're they're more stressed i want to say than anxious mm -hmm. um which can go a hand in hand um, I don't get as stressed. I get more anxious. Um, and I think that's something that's like anxiety is something harder to talk yourself out of because it's such a like physical feeling. It's like bubbling up in your chest and you're like, whoa, there's so much energy in here um, that you just like don't know what to do with. But with stress, I think because I think that's an important thing to be supportive of, too, is like acknowledge it. 
like tell your students like I know you're stressed I know I am contributing to that stress it's not purposeful like I don't want you to be stressed but like this is how it is if you need help I'm here I have a teacher like that that did that this year oh good um and he was like saying he he would ask us like before tests and stuff he was like are you guys stressed he would ask you before a test if you were stressed Uh and we'd all uh and would you ever just say no no this was not this is a piece of cake nope (laughs) everyone be like yeah yeah Yeah, of course like don't be stressed don't be stressed it's all gonna be okay and you know like sometimes i believed him (laughs) other times i was like you're playing me right now yeah okay i don't know but it, it was still nice to know that he at least acknowledged it even if he was contributing to like the big portion of the stress in that moment um I think it's it's different for every person being supportive too not just the person that needs to be supportive like I don't know like for me there's certain people in my life that like yeah I want them to be like sitting right beside me when I'm not doing well and like mm-hmm. giving me that pat on the back being like it's gonna be okay you know but I also have like like people in my life that you know just like a text like hey you didn't look that great today do you want to talk about it and I can say no but like thank you yeah for noticing and they're like okay like I'm sometimes just having somebody notice yeah that you were a little bit off means the world because it means that you actually mattered right oh I and I and I fear that so many of my students float through life and people or their fear or their sense or their the way that they like perceive the world is that nobody notices them Mm -hmm. and I you know, when I get into my to-do list, I mean, chances are I'm, I'm just adding to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I can, I, I'm, I'm having students' faces flash into my head right now that are totally slipped through the cracks, people, mm-hmm. um, and that's just as a teacher, it's that's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that it's 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 great for you to be able to, um, like I said, be self-aware of some of these things, but I also really hope that as teachers we can continue to be able to get to that place that you just said to say it's okay to feel like this in front of me it's okay to feel stress right now um you know i think that that's a really important thing for someone uh, adult or child student or teacher to be told that it's okay to feel what you're feeling right now you're not a weirdo you're not you know there's not something wrong with you and um i think when we do the whole social emotional education, which is a big thing in, in not only Millbrook High School, but Wake County right now, is being able to create an environment where people feel okay to feel what they feel. And I don't know that Wake County is able to say it as much like that as they want to, um, but that's an important thing I think for me, and that I think that you're kind of saying is, is, is give me an environment where I'm not afraid to feel less than perfect and I think that that's that's a really important super important thing actually um so we've talked a little bit about you know some of your coping strategies and wisdom that you can offer teachers and students what would you offer you know you talked a little bit about what you want teachers know what would you say to kids for kids I think kids being your peers kids being you know students uh really just what, close to where you are in your in your life and your journey right now what, what would you say to them I think as like a general thing like doesn't matter what sport you play doesn't matter what level classes you take like just being a human like I think you need 
to understand that you're not alone because I know how supportive my family is and my friends are like I have such a good support system around me and I put myself in really good environments of people and still I feel like no this is my thing to handle I have to do this by myself and that's just not the case like ever it can be it can be like I decide or any person can decide that like this is just something they want to deal with by themselves and that's okay but the second it feels just a little too much even if it seems like it'd be insignificant to anyone else I would say something like I, I encourage people to say something and it may just be like in passing conversation to a friend because I know the problem that I end up with is I tell myself until I absolutely can't handle it and I'm like mental breakdown stage that's when I have to tell someone because I can't I can't do it anymore and they're like I don't understand like I don't know what's going on because I haven't told them the whole time like they may not even know this thing is happening in my life and I think that's not healthy for anyone because then they don't even I mean they can help you and they can tell you they love mm -hmm. you and that mm -hmm. like it's all going to be okay but they don't know how the thing has been going and it's not fair of them to like or fair of you to expect them to understand right right so I think it's one of those like it's okay, like, even if, like, you think you're okay, but, like, you're a little worried that it could become a thing that you need to deal with with someone else and not just by yourself, like, just mention it. Be like, hey, this thing is going on and, like, I'm good, but, like, I really love if you could be in this with me right. wherever this right. may go. And then if it turns out really great, you both went on this really great journey together mm. and they were there for your highs, too. So I think, I think that's a thing I would definitely recommend. Like, don't ever let yourself believe that you are alone in it and if you truly are which i i hopefully doubt that someone really is truly alone and doesn't have a single person they could talk to there is some you can find someone like find a, a teacher or a peer like someone just like seems like you can just sense a little bit of like openness acceptance care compassion something and i'm sure that it'll blossom into something right really good right so just like don't be afraid either to say something to the people you already have or to like just go that little extra step to like find someone so you can have that person to say because because it's there's just so little of a chance that no one feels a piece of what you're feeling For sure. i mean the we all have something that does that i have no idea what this is doing to my body feeling mm -hmm. and that the empathy will be there on some part but I tell you I think that that's wonderful advice um, when I hear you say that I know the thing that keeps people is that risk that risk of putting yourself out there and you've talked to that talked about that a couple times today um, do you have who is your person do you have a person that's like your your I start with them and if it's not them like like your phone tree of support mm -hmm. um, depending on the situation but usually I go to my best friend first, mm -hmm. Abigail. She's just, I'm, we're very in the like, we're there for each other no mm -hmm. matter what it is, um, which is just really nice to have. And she's like always just a text or a phone call away and she lives like five minutes from me. So, you know, she can drive over or I can drive over mm -hmm. if I need something. But um, there's some things like, or like I'm the kind of person, if I know that Abigail's dealing with something, I don't want to put my stuff on her mm -hmm. at that moment because I know if it was me, like, I, of course, would help her, but that's, like, sh I care about her a lot, and I know how much she cares about me, and, like, your own, like, thing that you're dealing with, plus then you're, like, really upset because 
your best friend is dealing with something too right that's just it's not healthy for either of you um so what if I don't want to put something on her or if it's just like a different situation that maybe I think she wouldn't understand just as as well just because she hasn't known me Mm -hmm. as long like I definitely talk to my sister yeah um she's I mean she's been there my entire life Mm -hmm. literally and she knows me really well and it also helps at this point that she's a bit more separated um from my life because she's away at college yeah yeah Yeah. so and she so she hasn't lived at home for two years now um which has been a weird thing it's also been weird to have her back right but she's actually gone for the summer again um so yeah it's it's nice to like have someone who's like attached to my hip because she knows exactly what's going on and everything but there's also you know the person that like I don't see all the time like it's maybe months since I've seen her because she can just completely be objective to the entire thing and tell me how she really feels about it while still knowing me and knowing like what I should probably do um so I think that's another like skill that you eventually learn is figuring out the right person to talk to Mm -hmm. when you do have such a broad support system like that well, that's um, I really appreciate uh, you digging into that. I mean, that's that's a sensitive topic. That's something that you know it's hard to put words to. That feeling is such a out of body experience, and the not really being able to articulate what's happening to you. I mean, I I've been lucky that it's only happened to me like once in my life, but that little bit is plenty. Right. It's plenty. On a lighter note, is there anything in particular? that you are listening to or watching right now that's just kind of like got you jazzed up for the summer or helps you kind of focus on whatever um unfortunately i used i was an avid reader as a kid Mm -hmm. um but i don't read as much anymore just because i have a lot of schoolwork um and soccer and travel but i wish i did but one thing that's been kind of funny and interesting for me is that I've been writing my EE, my extended essay that we do uh-huh. at the IB program here. And um, I'm doing, you get to pick your topic. So I'm doing it about criminal profiling because that's really interesting to me. So one of my books that I'm using for research is actually more, it's a lot more of a narrative, honestly. And it's like telling the story of one of the cases that I'm studying um, versus just like a listing out of the facts like you would find on like history.com or something like that. Um, and it's really interesting, and I enjoy that. It's called Incendiary, and it's about the New York Mad Bomber, mm. New York Metzke. Um, so if you like like Criminal Minds or NCIS or just you know general case studies um, or studying cases of like serial killers, that's a good one. It's very interesting. But yeah. So um, you have interest in these criminal. Uh, case studies because that's something that you're interested in later on or yeah. it's just fun right now um, it's definitely what I'm interested in doing like with my life um, I'm actually going to a CSI and law camp this summer to like see what that looks like in the real world like guest speakers come from like the FBI and like CSI to like talk to us and we do labs and we do like court simulations and like all that stuff um, and I'm really excited to see what that looks like because that's not something you know I can really study like in a class right right right, right I've right. really seen in a classroom setting um, and as I've been doing this recruiting process I've talked to a lot of professors trying to figure out what you know my academic career looks mm-hmm. like at their school um, and it'll probably lead me some sort of 
sociology degree, a criminology major, or a like law and justice kind of thing. And it was funny because I was talking to my dad at the hotel in DC this weekend about how strange it was. Like there are very few kids that grow up to do what they thought they were going to do. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I can think of maybe like one little girl that like wanted to be a veterinarian that like actually did it among the like 60 that you know said in second grade class like hey I want to be a veterinarian that's right but um I mean ever since I was little like I thought I wanted to be like a police officer some sort of law enforcement which is so weird because you know as I got older I was like you're crazy it's definitely not what you want to do but you know here I am like coming full circle and like I'm not going to be a police officer but that's definitely like the area that I'm in like law and justice um that I'm looking into and I I found that really interesting I I think that's so awesome, and what I love so much about it is that it's it's slightly unexpected because you know it's it's people see academically successful people. I mean, you were you're a junior marshal. You're one of our top um, ranked students here. Not that we really do class rank anymore. <laughs> um, and so, like everybody says, a doctor, right. doctor. Every now and then, you'll get engineer. Um, but the, the fact that you want to challenge yourself, um, not only digging into people's personalities, and, and, but also the service of law and justice is such a neat thing. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to how that you know, progresses over the next few years, because um, I definitely am uh, thrilled about uh, what you have to offer in a professional setting. Uh, well, thank you for doing this. Thank you for your time. Um, it's such a neat perspective. I've always admired how articulate you are and how thoughtful you are. I know that your teammates and your classmates are very aware of how much you care about them. And I think that that is such a, a unique and rare trait. Um, you know, I think this time in our lives is very easy to be very selfish and, and very focused on us. Um, and I don't think anybody would be mad at you if you were more focused on you. <laughs> But uh, the fact that you are this aware and supportive and uh, you are that emotionally invested in those of us around you, we're grateful for it. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.